This Week in HPC. HPC market grows in 2014. And Open Power establishes new design center. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. And This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. How's it going, Michael? You ready for the 4th of July? Uh, getting set, yeah. How about you? Getting set for 4th of July. It's hard to take the whole weekend off when we're also getting ready for ISC and a lot of announcements coming up there. We're starting to get pre-briefed on some of the news. I think there's going to be a lot going on. Yeah, it does look like that. There are a lot of companies that are involved this year, and yeah, a lot of activity around the, uh, the uh, show this year. And of course, Intersect 360 Research is no exception. We've got our own news coming out, and, and the biggest news that we tend to put out in the course of the year is our newest market model and forecast. We've got new numbers for 2014 and a new forecast out to 2019, and we'll get to that in a minute. But since that's such a big story, Michael, how about we cover the IBM and uh, Open Power news first? Yeah, that was an interesting uh, piece of news. This is uh, something they announced uh, earlier this week, a new, uh, what they're calling the Power Acceleration and Design Center, and they're, they're establishing this in Montpelier, France. This is actually the second design center. The other one's in Eulich, the near the Eulich Supercomputing Center. It's basically a place they want to create this open ecosystem under the power architecture and share that expertise and, and uh get uh, application uh, developers going in there and, and sort of attract some of that ecosystem that could be very important for the Open Power Consortium. Yeah, this has been a trend that we've seen uh, as the as we've entered this age of architectural proliferation, where you've got open power and you've got uh, you know different multi-core options like Xeon Phi. Obviously, Nvidia is part of the Open Power Consortium. Vendors want to help end users um, modernize their codes. If you want to use an Intel term for it, or, or update or optimize their their codes. If you want to use uh, you know more of an accelerator viewpoint for it, but Here's Open Power now opening a second innovation center. You pointed out the one that's in Ulix. This is in Montpellier, France, in the south of France. Probably a very nice place to go visit. I haven't been there myself, but it's right on the Mediterranean, so it's a, a nice place to go bring your clients. Yeah, it, it should be an interesting place to go. And, and the, the thing I think this points out is, is how much this type of sort of uh, – design centers becoming sort of the norm. I mean, you have to, these new types of architectures we're seeing in HPC, and here, it's yep. not, not that power is new, but certainly the uh, the internal interconnects new with, with Cappy and, and what uh, NVIDIA is doing on the GPU side, uh, and then the, the integration with Mellanox. Uh, they have to get the applications and, and the operating systems and all the middleware ported to this sort of new architecture that, that IBM is, is making sort of a centerpiece of their HPC strategy. So it's really worthwhile to do this sort of thing, just like NVIDIA did with, uh, with their GPUs and their CUDA design centers when they first introduced that architecture. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and this is uh, it's important to note that this is not just an IBM announcement. Mellanox and Nvidia were obviously major contributors to this right. around open power. Very popular to put these centers in Europe. This is not far away 
away from the uh, Bull HPC Innovation Center that's in Grenoble. Uh, we've seen uh, the Dell uh, Center that's in Cambridge. Lenovo just launched one that's in Stuttgart. And, uh, you know, some of these other ones, like the Lenovo one, which we also reported on when that opened, and I was at the uh, unveiling there, it was interesting that although that was dominated by Intel as a primary sponsor, that NVIDIA and Mellanox were also part of that announcement as well. So there's a great diversification here in, in options. Yeah, and you're right. Europe does seem to attract this. I know even even Intel, they have some of their exascale centers scattered. I think there's four of them scattered throughout Europe as well. So, yeah, I mean, Europe has sort of taken advantage of, of some of the new uh, architectures and getting these centers uh, located in, in their locale. Yeah, and this is kind of new from IBM's standpoint, right? We've seen a, a big change in how they in their HPC business. Uh, we we went back to, you know, before they divested the x86 business to Lenovo, their HPC business was a lot different, and and now it's it's amazing to see this robust an ecosystem on something pretty new. Right. I mean, that's what they're trying to do here. And right, two years ago, I mean, you're looking at this, or two and a half years ago, it was their HPC strategy was to sell, you know, iDataplex x86 clusters and their BlueGene uh, portfolio. And both of those things are gone now. And so they had to, you know, they had to develop from their, their power architecture this, this new strategy and partner with, uh, you know, NVIDIA, Mellanox, and others. So it's, it's, it's really a 180 for IBM, and it points to why they're doing something like this. They're sort of starting HPC over, and uh, this is how it's turning out. I don't know that I'd call it a 180 myself, but it is an evolution about you know what IBM considers to be important in an HPC architecture, uh, and this Open Power Consortium is, is just uh, you know driving the strategy forward. It's uh, interesting to see this second center opening up. Now, um, you know that that all has to do with the, the vendor shares and where we are in 2014 with HPC. So, how about we come around and talk about our new forecast? Sounds good. So, Intersect 360 Research this week, putting out to our clients, and you'll see more news on this uh, available shortly, but the total HPC market in 2014 growing to $29.4 billion. That's up 2.8% from 2013. Now, we, do, we include both what we call high-performance technical computing and high-performance business computing in that, the technical computing aspects being uh, things that are science and engineering. Now, this could also be commercial. It's not just uh, all businesses in high-performance business computing. If it's science and engineering, it's still what we call HPTC, so things like the manufacturing, oil and gas, bio, you know, pharmaceuticals are over on the HPT side. High-performance business computing, the HPBC, is going to be for things like finance and online games, uh, um, media and entertainment, other uh, verticals where we're really looking at it as more of a business application of HPC. So the way it breaks down is about 42% of that market is the public sector. Uh, it's the government and academic high-performance computing. The other 58% is commercial, and that's nearly evenly split between things that are commercial, HPTC, versus the HPBC side. A little more of it is HPTC than HPBC. But uh, it's those business segments that continue to drive the growth. 
Right, and I think you know, to the, to the lay public, they're probably surprised at that. I mean, they probably look at supercomputing and they think, well, everything is is these research labs. But the commercial side just doesn't get as much press. But you know, when, when we look at the data, and obviously people in the industry realize that the commercial and and the business side, in particular, is a is a big chunk of this. Now, we should say the HPTC is the technical side is is nearly three quarters of the total market at this point. But the uh, the business side being uh, about a quarter of it is growing faster. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. So when you look at uh, at all of those breakdowns, you're looking at uh, 27% overall is that high performance business computing. Now we have had a methodology change that we need to talk about from previous years. We always had this segment in high performance business computing that we called ultra scale internet, which we were using to track the very large scale uh, internet infrastructures that demanded supercomputing kinds of technologies at places like. Like Google and uh, and Amazon and Baidu, and we still see that. But because that's evolved to the point where, first of all, it's growing really rapidly, it also has a different kind of set of dynamics compared to other HPC technologies. We're no longer tracking that as part of this HPBC segment, or even as part of this HPC number that we're talking about. We are still paying attention to that hyperscale market, but as of this year, we're breaking it out separately. We're going to track hyperscale in, in its own reports. And all of the growth rate numbers or historical numbers that we've just talked about, we've gone back and taken ultrascale internet out of those so that we can compare them separately. Yeah, I think that was that was definitely a good idea. I mean, that, like you said, that market is growing very rapidly and differentiating, and it it, it acts so much differently from from either of the super segments. So it's it's worth its own treatment. Um, it'll be exciting to see some of the uh, the forecasts we come up with. That it just it's just a very different type of. Uh, uh, market and end user space. Yeah, if you don't want your forecast to get hijacked by what 15 companies are right. doing, it needs to be part of its own thing. But let's go back to the HPC market separate from hyperscale and look at some of the high-level uh, things that jumped out. And of course, the full report is available for our clients or, or individual purchase or our HPC 500 user group uh, from Intersect 360 Research. But some of the big things that happened, first of all, storage had pretty big growth uh, last year. Yeah, that came up, I think, with the, the highest growth rate of all the, the product classes we came up with at 13.7% year over year from uh, 2013. A little surprising, but the uh, storage market is is volatile, bumps up and down from year to year, depending upon people's cycles and then other things going on, but had a big year, bigger than any of the other components. Yeah, this gets fueled by our budget map surveys where we get really detailed information from end users on on what their spending is. We had strong demand side indicators. We had strong supply side indicators. We've got corroborating market trends of people adopting things like flash storage, which can, can carry a higher dollar per byte ratio, and that can push your your storage contribution up. So we, we saw that growing by about $600 million, reaching yeah. nearly $5 billion 
4.9 billion overall out of the forecast going onto the storage line. Cloud, of course, also had a big growth rate, 12.5% uh, growth in 2014 over 2013. But coming off of a much smaller base, we're still seeing cloud as a relatively small percent of the overall market. Although as we go out into the forecast years, we do have a high growth rate on it of 14% of, uh, growth uh, year on year that'll take it from the you know the current two point whatever percent of the market that it is 2.2 percent uh, and watch it steadily grow through the end of the forecast period yeah I mean clouds still the the highest growth rate area of, of any of those uh, product classes by far. I mean, storage is doing very well, not at the 13.7% of this year, but uh, the CAGR there is, is like 5% over the uh, the five-year forecast. Still very healthy, but uh, cloud is, is basically out, out by itself at 14%. The report goes on to look at all of the other product class segments. Of course, we've got servers, storage, services, software, networks, cloud, uh, and always uh, in any market research report, you get a small other category that does a sweep up of some other things. And all the growth rates for HPTC and HPBC. Let's talk about software for just a second, because that actually didn't have a big jump year over year. Yeah, and, and both the technical and business classes, it declined, uh, and together it was down by a, basically a percentage and a half. So, you know, something people talk about a lot and spend a lot of money on didn't have a very good year from 2013 to 2014. Yeah, and I, I think that was just consistent with the trends that we've seen in our other surveys, uh, like our site census survey, where we've been tracking a gradual migration away from uh, from uh, licensed ISV, purchased ISV software, to more in-house and open source software coming into the mix. Although the software portion continues to be important and complex, that maybe swung a few dollars away from software. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it had a particularly down year. People were spending uh, money on other things this year, but I think part of just sort of this, this cyclical nature, I think there was more hardware spending this year than software spending, because both software and services were down, whereas all the hardware uh, product classes were up. And maybe the last thing we'll get into is uh, the uh, dynamic that we have in the vendors. We don't go into a whole lot of detail in this specific report. We might uh, release another report that, that does this in a little more detail. But uh, obviously, a big thing that we are tracking as we put together the, the 2014 number and the new forecast is there are major changes in the vendor community, most notably with the sale of the x86 server business to Lenovo, which uh, you know is complicated because that really completed after three quarters. So we, IBM gets three quarters of the revenue uh, for the year for that x86 business before it sets up Lenovo. Now, IBM had also been struggling before that because of all the complications that go into a sale like that. I think it delayed a lot of their sales or put off a lot of customers. And that was enough to knock IBM out of the number one spot that we'd had them in for years in market share, and it was going to elevate either Dell or HP, uh, who were very close to each other and remain very close to each other, into the number one spot. And uh, by the time we were done with the model, 
We've got Dell as the new number one HPC server share ahead of HP by about the amount of an ATM withdrawal. Right. I mean, it's a virtual tie for, for first there. So Dell and HP on top. And yeah, IBM slips to, uh, to, to number three for the time being. Now, IBM also, we should mention, they're also going through the other transition, not just the divestment of the... Uh, the x86 business, but also they're transitioning their their blue gene uh, HPC platform to that open power thing that we just talked about earlier in the podcast. So they're they're definitely a company in transition, and you know they they had uh, the the results to sort of signify that. Cray, meanwhile, had a very good year and, and yes. popped up into the number four spot for revenue, although that'll all reshuffle again as we go into next year, because what will happen is Lenovo will have a, a full year of revenue, and then how you get the order of Lenovo, Cray, and IBM as of next year, it all still has to shuffle out, because IBM will, will drop all of that revenue over to Lenovo, so they'll fall back. Lenovo will come up. Cray might continue to be strong. And then we've got all the other vendors down below that fighting it right. out, but Cray uh, did have a very good year. They did, I, and I was sort of surprised to see how good a year, even out and above the, uh, you know, the Lenovo IBM split. I mean, they they were up like uh, more than any other of the of the top vendors. I think they were up by 26, 27 percent this year, and they they did very well. I mean, they op- they took the opportunity of of the transition going on in IBM and uh, made a lot of hay out of it. Well, so a complicated market model and forecast, to be sure, with all the supply side changes, but one that we're happy to get out there and uh, and distribute to our clients, happy to talk about here on the podcast, and we'll look forward to releasing more details on it. Very good. All right, Michael. Well, that's going to wrap us up here before the long weekend in the U.S., uh, and then we'll have one more week uh, before ISC gets going. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. All right, we'll both be uh, traveling on the road, but uh, we'll try to see if we can't bring a bonus podcast to our uh, listeners while we're in Frankfurt. Uh, but for now, that wraps up this week's news. Thanks a lot, Michael, for joining me, and thanks to you for listening. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 